1: Welcome to Talk Tennis. Today, Troy and I are going balls to the wall.
0: Literally, Michelle, you have them behind you.
1: Literally. And we are going to talk all things tennis balls. So, Troy, thanks for joining me.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me.
1: Maybe you can just give our audience a quick idea of how many days, weeks, and how much research you have done on tennis balls in the last couple months.
0: Yeah, it's been it's been a good amount. I don't know if I have the exact number number of hours, but uh, after doing all the research, talking to a lot of the the vendors and and uh, some of the people at the brands that you know the brands of balls that we sell, um, basically just it was really cool to absorb a lot of a lot of information on the processes of how the ball's made to the, the history of their, their ball line. And it, it just, a lot of cool stuff that I just basically tried to absorb. I still wouldn't, you know, say, Oh, I, I'm the, the know-it-all tennis ball person, but basically it was, it was cool just to absorb a lot of good information and uh, just kind of re- reassured or reaffirmed, you know, a lot of our opinions on balls from years of just hitting with them and playing with them, you know, it, it uh, definitely, definitely pays to go with a better ball. And I think that's kind of where where we're going in. So Michelle, yeah. you know, you, you, got, you got a lot of the information too. So,
1: Yeah. Well, and I think it was cool because there's um, not a lot known about the quality of tennis balls or people don't maybe understand like, why is this ball more expensive? Why should I invest in a better ball? Um, and it was cool to talk to the experts and hear from them and like even hear about the process of the manufacturing of a ball and where they get the felt and where they get the rubber and all of that. So we're going to start super basic to help you guys just kind of get your feet wet about tennis balls and learn some stuff. And then we'll get a little more in depth as this chat goes on. And then also we're going to link, we have a page that Troy has been working on that has like endless amount of information so you can get as involved as you would like when it comes to tennis ball knowledge.
0: Oh, yeah. And then uh, even going beyond just the information that I've come up with and stuff that we've gathered as a content team, um, we even have some links to the Tennis Warehouse University where our our T-Dub professor Crawford is like, if you really want to go deep into the technicalities and like the tests that he's done on the pressure and it's really cool that some of the the stuff in that that tennis warehouse university if you really have have the time and and want the need to learn that information. So,
1: yeah, we cut him out of this conversation because we didn't want it to be too long, <laughs> oh yeah,
0: yeah, that stuff could go on for days,
1: so I guess the best place to start is why does choosing? one ball over the other matter? And like, what are things that we should be looking at as consumers, as tennis players, when making the choice for what tennis ball we play with?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um I, I think, um I mean, a lot of our our uh, customers and, and people that have played tennis their whole life, I think if you've played enough tennis and you've played with you've played enough to notice which balls you're using when you go buy a can, you know, of a, of a premium price point ball, you know, we're talking, we sell like what, four, four different uh, big brands, whether it's like a, you know, a premium ball, like a Wilson us open a a pro pin marathon um, the Dunlop, you know, like we have like the Australian open Um, now we have what technofiber technofiber has a court ball. That's like a nice premium ball. If you play with those balls and I think your on court experience will do the talking, so to speak, but like the way they're designed, the felt on the ball of those premium balls, it's we'll go and kind of like talk about the anatomy of the ball, but they just have more of that natural uh, fiber material in the felt, you know, the core is better. It creates a better consistent play And I think for for most of us, I mean, there's definitely uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of different players, player backgrounds and and however much time you get to spend on the court. You know, not all of us are are training like, you know, maybe we once were, Michelle, going to (laughs) an academy growing up, you know, like players training to go to college or become pro. We're not all at that level. And I think for the most part, like our recreational players, you know, however much time you get to spend on the court a week, whether it's, you, you know, one hour a week, two hours, maybe four or five that's a lot of time for, you know, most people's busy lives. And I think when you really get the experience of playing with that premium ball um, there's really no looking back or going to the cheaper stuff. You know, it's just the, the whole experience is just better you get a more consistent bounce. I mean, there's so many factors going on in a given tennis session. You know, a lot of us play or most people play outdoors, whether that's the elements, there's so many factors on a given day. Yeah. That it's just really worth the investment of going with that premium ball, getting that consistent response. Just like, you know, you take you know, a lot of our customers take uh really a lot of they do a lot of research, they they want to know a lot about their racket and their string and you know they have their bag and their shoes and all their particular equipment. The ball is really the essential piece that's you know going back and forth a thousand times. I think it really comes down to that those premium balls make a difference in your in your overall play. And if you're just taking a couple hours of your busy life to play tennis, I think it's definitely worth that experience of going with the the premium type of ball versus something you know you might find really cheap, whether it's a big box store and you're just grabbing mm-hmm. a a cheap can here and there, the balls it, it's a huge difference in performance, I think.
1: Yeah. And I think like the conversation always comes up, you know, no matter who you're talking to, it's like control what you can control. And that's like one of the few things that you can control on the court. So yeah. um, Yeah. So let's go into the, the anatomy of a ball a little bit. And I know even before we started diving into all this research, like I had heard about the punch needle balls versus the woven balls, but I think we can now break it down even better for our listeners. So let's just start with the materials and how they're applied to the ball and what differences you might see and what creates a different experience.
0: Yeah. So, um, I mean, the three main components, when you break down the ball are going to be, you know, just from a, a general looking at the ball, the the yellow fuzzy stuff, the, felt, yeah. um, Beneath that layer is the core, which is typically a rubber, a natural rubber or a synthetic rubber or a, a mix of the two. So you got the uh, the outer surface, the felt, the core. And then on the inside, it's, you know, typically most balls uh, are hollow and typically most balls are pressurized with, you know, it's usually just the natural air um, that they fill it with. But it's uh, a certain pressurization depending on the ball and then whether it's, you know, the core plays a part with the pressure. So, you know, if it's like a thicker, like talking to like a cheap ball, like a really cheap ball, like a pressureless ball that we sell, we sell like the bags of pressureless balls. Right. Um, those have no, like, uh, they're not filled with a certain amount of pressure. It's just uh, an empty core, but they have a lot thicker uh, rubber shell. So that's kind of what, what makes those cheaper balls last so long. Yeah. Yeah. But those are the three main pieces is the felt, the core, and then the air that it's filled with. Okay. um, If we want to get it specifically, just one of the main key differences talking about the felt of the ball, um, what you'll really notice and kind of what you already touched on um, the premium balls, typically speaking are going to be a woven felt. So that's the, the construction of how they put the fibers together. So uh, one of the the vendors that we spoke to did a really good job explaining it to us, but um Kind of the analogy he used was with that premium premium woven felt, the construction of being woven, kind of like a handmade, um, a handmade rug, you know. So the way they weave the fibers together is really a, a mix of a really strong construction for the fibers and gives you sort of that premium felt. So the woven design is is construction is on most premium balls. And then even further than that, the actual fibers themselves. Um, on a premium ball they're typically so pretty much all most tennis balls are going to be a a mixture of natural fibers natural wool fibers and Mm. some sort of like nylon synthetic Synthetic, material yeah the premium balls are usually more of a majority of natural uh, wool fibers so kind of You know, the majority of the fibers on those premium balls are natural, a little bit of synthetic mixed in. And then as you go down in price to the really, you know, lower price point stuff, uh, going down to like a champion ball, which we carry a a few different types of championship balls from the brands. And then even lower than that, like your pressureless balls or something like really cheap, you might find at like a convenience store or something like that. Um, those are, as you go down, you're going more and more, uh, synthetic nylon fibers. Um to the point where the really cheap stuff's gonna be fully fully synthetic. So not only is the construction matter, the woven premium, uh, but the type of fiber, some more natural fibers. Um, and then as you punch as you mentioned with the uh, like the championship ball, like the step down in price on our website for those balls, um they're mostly the construction on those is a needle punch. So mm-hmm. pretty much just what it sounds like, um you know, the needle is punching the thread into the. You know the the base of that that felt that then gets applied to the core. So it's a faster kind of um, you know more mechanical process, and it just doesn't really construct that that kind of like premium you know strong really strong weave as as well as the woven.
1: Yeah, which is, like, once you stop to think about, like, what goes into the manufacturing of a single tennis ball, it's pretty wild. And when you're playing with those premium options, it's like, okay, this is not only a premium material that comes from wool, and then it's, like, woven in and, like, attached. Yeah, it's just, I know a lot of people that we talked to were saying, if you could even see the process, players would be shocked at, like what, what it takes to make a tennis ball that like some of us will like go play for an hour and then kind of just like discard as if like, Oh, okay.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) you know, as far as the price point on the balls, you know, it's, it's gone up, you know, over the years and whatnot, since I've worked here. But yeah, the more you know about the factory and the processing of the balls, it's like you're almost surprised that they're not double the price that they are now. Not that like,
1: exactly like we want to pay
0: more, but it, it's really an intricate process. And uh, a lot goes into the details of how that that ball's made.
1: Now, before we move on, this might be a good place to interject our little question about vegan tennis balls. Yeah. <laughs> it comes up from time to time and... You can take that one. Are there any vegan tennis balls on the market that you know of, Troy?
0: Um, not particular ones, but uh, basically what I got from kind of researching and and whatnot the the like the like I mentioned um, the pressureless balls, like the the cheaper price point balls, like the ones we sell uh, in the bag that are the bucket of pressureless balls. Those typically have a full synthetic coat or you know felt so yeah. to speak. Um so the fibers are usually just like a nylon based um felt. Um and then like, like a lot of those like some of those cheaper, really cheap balls, uh tend to be like a full synthetic sort of felt. So I guess technically those could, you know, be considered a, a vegan friendly ball. But the downside is that's as you get down in those pressureless balls and um some of those really cheap price point balls that come in a can, uh it's just the performance is, is not great at all. You know, it's just a really cheap felt. The core, the that they use for the rubber, synthetic rubber, whatnot, it's usually a really hard feel to the ball. They're kind of heavy. Um and it just, you know, you, you just don't get that really like consistent and premium feel uh, on contact. So you are, if you're really wanting to go with a fully synthetic ball, you're really sacrificing the overall performance.
1: However, what we learned also in this process, and everyone reassured us that no animals were hurt in the making of these tennis balls, and it's actually a natural process. These sheep do have to be shaved, so the wool is always going to come off of their bodies anyway. so it's not really um, anything to be worried about there. From what we heard, actually, some of these uh, sheep farms are very luxurious, that a couple of them told us. So, okay. So there's that. I also kind of, this kind of is a question that we can talk about as we go, but I wanted to just kind of hit real quick on durability and how a lot of us players think that like after we cannot see the logo as well on the tennis ball, maybe that means that it's like old, dead time to get rid of it. But I think based on our chat and us playing, um, you could probably give us a little bit better advice on durability of tennis balls.
0: Yeah, I think that's kind of like a, a misconception. Like as soon as the the text on the ball or the paint, the the paint that they use for the label starts to come off, um, people think, you know, oh that ball's, you know, done. It's gone to the waste yard, gone to the dog, the dog house or yeah, whatever. Yeah,
1: dog uh, ball. <laughs> yeah.
0: And I think that's kind of similar analogy that I get sometimes with like players uh, talking about strings, like with multi-filaments, people think as soon as you start to see like a multi-filament start to fray uh, or like the coating comes off and you see the little fibers starting to, to split, they're like, oh, that string is worn out and done. But like what we've come to learn and, and heard from the people that make the strings, uh, the manufacturers that's when the the string kind of hits its peak as a multifilament, you know, so kind of an, an analogy there, but like, yeah. I think for me, uh, it really just comes down to the bounce and the consistency of the ball. So those premium balls uh, are definitely going to have a longer lifespan than the cheaper stuff, uh, whether it's stepping down to the championship or even below that. Um, it's just a more consistent play. The felt holds up longer. I think some people really get, uh, uh, they they notice like when the felt starts to really like puff up or fluff up yeah that's a that's a downside mm-hmm. but I mean I've always liked balls when they become a little bit more fluffy it kind of like slows the the speed of the ball down a little bit and I also feel like I get uh, better feel off the string bed. Like the strings can grab the felt a little bit better. I don't know if it's the same for you or for you prefer like, you know, a, a more faster, a faster feel, you know, maybe because a little bit different uh stroke style on the forehand yeah. or whatnot, maybe more spin here and a little flatter there. Um, But uh, yeah, I think the, the durability you really notice with those premium balls, the felt is just, is really good over time in that, whether it's the natural wool and the woven construction together but that really plays a part and then the other thing too that i've noticed with those premium balls and kind of doing the research is that high whether it's a a full the core is a completely natural rubber or mostly natural rubber with a little bit of filler that that consistent core is really a big part of it i think with the with the premium balls
1: Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about that. Um, Going to the core, going to talk about the rubber. I know um, there's several brands that we talk to that are affiliated with tire companies as well. So that kind of speaks to the material story um, you can, you can take it from there.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, just off the top, the first, one of the first ones we spoke with, with Dunlop Mm -hmm. Dunlop, you know, as a company started in the tire business going back like a hundred years or whatnot. I forget the exact year, but, um, yeah, I mean, they started as a tire company. They're super into the rubber business. Um, and I think that plays a part in, you know, the way they take pride in the rubber that they use for the core of their tennis ball. Um, but I would say that's, you know, consistent throughout the brands that we, we dealt with. I, I forget. Uh, I don't know if you remember which one was partnered with Bridgestone. Technofiber. Technofiber. Yeah. yeah. Technofiber is partnered with Bridgestone, uh, tires. So, you know, most of their premium balls are going to be mostly a, a natural, a full on natural rubber core and, you know, before researching this, I never really thought too much about it, but, you know, the rubber comes from a tree. Um, a lot of times it's, uh, i found that, the, you know, they're, they're sourced from different locations. I know the Philippines is, um, or was it uh, the Philippines or Thailand? Mm-hmm. Both. I forget.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it, they mentioned, <laughs> but
0: one of them is like the, the, uh, uh, a big source for natural rubber. But um, yeah, that core really makes a difference being, you know, that natural rubber. Um, they do, and then like to find, to dial them in, Because these balls all have to get to a certain, you know, weight and dimension specification for the ITF and the ATP and the WTA and all that uh, to get to that, you know, perfect weight and whatnot. They will use fillers in that natural rubber from time to time. But in in general, that natural rubber core is really going to give you that premium feel and a consistent, a really consistent play.
1: Yeah. And we'll talk a little bit about some of the outlier balls on in the industry that kind of have a different story. But I thought it was pretty interesting to um, Wilson has the Trinity ball. And just what you brought up is, when they were creating that they really wanted to make sure that it could play to the right standards. So because of that, the the wall of the ball the rubber wall of the ball is a bit thicker to get to the right weight and I thought that was interesting I didn't even realize that maybe um, a different tennis ball could have a different wall thickness
0: yeah something something to do I know with the original Trinity ball the one that we sell um, something to do with the felt application or being Mm -hmm. a little bit lighter of of Mm -hmm. the the balance of weight had to be shifted yeah so basically a a slightly lighter coat lighter felt had to be compensated for by creating a thicker, slightly more dense core.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) But um, that's the Trinity ball we sell now. There is a a Trinity ball to come, I believe. And uh, that one is going to be specked out a bit different and, Mm -hmm. you know, a bit more of, I guess what you would call maybe a true player's ball, you know, that kind of premium feel going on with the new, with the new Trinity. So that'll be cool to see.
1: Yeah. And we have a podcast speaking all about that ball coming soon. So you guys will have to be sure to keep an eye out for that because we got to talk to one of the Wilson Pro Lab what was her official title? Like scientist. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Um, it was engineer. It was like material engineer. That's what it was. Yeah. And uh, she told us all about behind the scenes making the Trinity and then updating Trinity to the Trinity Pro. So, super excited about that. And that's um, for anyone listening that doesn't know the story on that ball. It is a sustainable ball. It doesn't come in a pressurized plastic or tin can, it comes in a recyclable kind of like almost like sleeve box, you could even say, Um, and they're using recycled materials and the ball is meant to be more durable. So you are not creating more waste and you're, you're reusing balls. It's, it's a great option for teaching pros. It's a great option for traveling tournament players, it's really a great ball. So if you haven't had a chance to try it, highly recommend, like it's such a positive ball for the industry to like be taking that tiny step towards sustainability. Obviously it's like a, a pinpoint on my heart. I love talking about sustainable stories, but yeah. So that's Trinity and Trinity pro and stay tuned for the podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a lot. <laughs> Okay, so we got the felt dialed in. We got the rubber cord dialed in. Uh, do you want to hit at all on gas content and like what's inside the ball? You kind of already did talk about that, and I know it kind of was differing from vendor to vendor, and some people didn't, you know, disclose too much information. Um, but we did get some information that we can share.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the the main thing with the air, definitely. Um from what I found is it it's pretty much using just the natural, the natural air that, you know, is in the environment, um, you know, coming down to like when it's like, what is it? Like 78% nitrogen, 21% oxygen, and then, uh, less than a percent of a mixture of other, a few other gases in there. But, um, that's typically what they'll use. I know that when we talk to, um, technofiber, they, they actually were very helpful in like talking about like different processes that they've tried in the factories over the years. They've, because the one thing that um, they mentioned is that uh, they found nitrogen is the one, the one gas that typically is, is less likely to permeate through the core. So yeah. it it stays within the ball better. But I mean, that's technically just like the, what the science that they found. But when they actually applied it to like try to make balls. Uh, and fill them with mostly nitrogen or full nitrogen gas instead of the natural air composition. Um, when they did their testing, their R and D, and then their on their on court durability test, it really was kind of negligible in the overall durability test. So they kind of you know ruled that out a long time ago and basically just used the natural air composition. But um, they didn't. Not every brand gave like an exact number on the the psis right. uh, of the air inside the ball. One of one of the ones I read, I think was like a um, an article on the. US open ball being made a while back. and I think they mentioned something like um, as they were um, putting the two uh, I guess hemispheres of the of the core together because they mm-hmm. basically have two two half spheres that come together and they enclose them with the glue. Um, as they're filling the air, they would use like 18 psi to initial uh, initially pressure the ball, and by the time it cured and sealed and was all said and done, it settled at that like 15 psi, which was like their target zone. So okay. there was a little bit of air lo- pressure lost as they're yeah. like sealing the ball, which makes sense. Um, but as it settled and it cured and was ready for the court, it ended up being about 15. So I've heard different levels of PSI, um, but most of your premium balls, your your balls that you're playing with are going to have some level of pressurization. I know one thing mentioned with the original Trinity ball is it has less pressure because there's a thicker core. So a smaller space in there, lower lower pressure with that ball. And then you go all the way down to like a pressureless ball, which there's no air pressure inside the core, but it's, it's basically getting its bounce from like a really thick, firm rubber um, inside the core.
1: Which I think like based on player experience, that's why sometimes when you've hit those balls for a bit, we don't like to call them, but they, we kind of refer to them as like rocks. They get yeah. hard and I can assume that's why because the felt's kind of like worn off and that rubber is thicker. So it kind of get probably would get hard.
0: Yeah, they're definitely definitely feel harder. They feel heavier on the strings, like when you hit them. So pressureless, doll- we we're not going to like sit here and say pressureless balls have no use. You know, there's definitely high school teams out there, you know, players that are are putting in, you know, shoot 25 hours a week on the court or 40, whatever, how many hours they're putting in in a week, a ton of hours. Yeah. So they definitely have a use for that type of practice player. Right. But uh, they do have their downsides. Like the pressureless balls are, are really heavy, really hard. And they're, so what that causes is a lot of, a lot of shock on the arm. So definitely not good if you're like experiencing, experiencing any tennis elbow because they create more shock and more vibration like on the contact of the racket. So
1: yeah. And like, don't be showing up to play a USTA match with pressureless balls. Yeah. You won't make friends. (laughs) You, You
0: might, you might get kicked out of the club.
1: Yeah. Um, I was going to kind of pivot from there to talk a little bit about the purpose of sealing the balls and how the second you open a can of balls, basically the air does start to dissipate and that's where like kind of the pressure time like begins, I guess you could say. Yeah. But then also I wanted you to touch on like durability. Like if I bought a case of balls today and I didn't use it for six months, are they still going to be playable balls?
0: So that's the whole, you know, packaging process and why it's so important and and why we love popping that can, you know, that, that pressurization and not only that pressurization, but that smell. Yeah, <laughs> kind of like kind of like your whole podcast room there, Michelle. <laughs> right. uh, but uh, just pop in that can basically the pressure inside the can is is set to be matched the, the match the pressure of the the air inside the ball. So mm-hmm. it's supposed to be equal on both sides of the, the core and the felt. That's what keeps them uh, at their basic you know, pressure. Inside the can in the store, right. but as soon as you crack that, yes, uh, the balls are enter- entering the world, entering the environment, and uh, they will start losing their their pressure gradually as you just let them sit, or you know you start banging them against your racket and hitting hundred <laughs> mile an hour forehands of like Michelle. <laughs>
1: Well, and then quickly, um, I'm going to interject because that is why balls need to be shipped via ground shipping, right?
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, typically speaking, when we ship a case, that is one of the reasons why, you know, we set the shipping or it's a, it's a ground shipment because we're trying to eliminate that time in a in a plane you know in the changing of the altitude and the pressure it's it's sometimes can damage the case and we've had instances in the past where where we've noticed that like when balls were shipped by air um that the cans may have popped or they lose some pressure and it just it really kills the lifespan of the balls in which makes it you know it, it, kills the reason why you would ship it that way. You know, it's, it damages yeah. your product. But um, as far as the shelf life goes, if you're buying a case of balls and you are just storing them to use throughout the year or whatever, or even, you know, you have back stock cases um, as long as, as far as w- what we've learned is, is as long as you store them in a, a nice safe uh, environment, whether it's in your um, closet, you know, kind of a, a controlled temperature, not too hot, not too cold. Um you know they they can last a while. We heard a couple of years from some of the vendors. You know that they felt safe about their balls being stored as long as it's with you know within a con- uh, controlled environment, controlled temperature. You probably don't want to keep them in in your trunk or your car, uh, where you know it's going to hit extreme temps and get really hot and cold, that type of thing.
1: Right. And then it's also like a good little plug. Like if you guys have the holidays coming up or a tennis player's birthday coming up, a case of tennis balls is actually a really cool gift. Yeah. I think. So just saying next oh, time yeah. you're confused about what to get me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So that basically covers the anatomy of the ball, right? Did we forget anything before maybe breaking down the ball options from some of the vendors?
0: Uh, as far as the anatomy goes, I mean, I think that pretty much covers a lot of what, what we discovered talking to uh, the different brands and whatnot.
1: Yeah, and shout out to all of them. They were super helpful, and it was really cool to kind of learn more. Obviously, as tennis geeks at Tennis Warehouse, when you're like not as geeked out on something, it's always kind of a shock. So, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) it's been a fun learning experience for sure. Before we get into uh, ball specifics, like brand-specific tennis balls, let's have you explain the difference between like an extra duty and a regular duty tennis ball.
0: Yeah, so um, obviously the kind of the main reason there's the two types. Uh, Usually the extra duty are best for uh, hard court play. Um, Extra duty, extra extra durable, I guess you could say. Um, But typically speaking, there's just a higher – in my brain i'm thinking like a higher thread count but basically more more fibers uh to create the felt so a little bit thicker a little bit more there on the uh, the outer felt to protect you know against the really gritty um rough surface of a hard court um uh, whereas a regular duty ball a little bit lower in the uh, thread count or the 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 fibers of the felt so to speak. Um, and those are typically for a softer court surface. So typically clay courts, Mm -hmm. um, maybe I guess on a a grass court too, or like any of those sort of different, uh, courts, the omni courts Mm -hmm. or the synthetic grass probably would be better off with a regular duty, but that's not to say you can't mix or match, or if you showed up to a hard court match with a regular duty ball, you can't play with them. Um, but there is a slight difference there in the, uh, the amount of felt. Okay, um, and one thing also too, uh, typically with that uh, I, someone told me one time, and this goes uh, way back, but um, with the regular duty balls being a slightly lower amount of uh, felt fibers, um, and typically regular duty used on a clay court, uh, someone had mentioned that kind of the the extra, if you use an extra duty ball on a clay court. Um, the more the ball fluffs up, the, the thicker the felt is, the more likely the the clay is going to stick to the to the felt of the ball too. So that's mm-hmm. kind of another reason why you might want a regular duty on a, a softer court like a clay court.
1: That makes sense. Let's run through some of the ball options that we have on our website. And I would love to start with Dunlop.
0: So uh, of the Dunlop balls that we carry, um, I guess you can kind of go from the, the ultra premium highest price point, which is uh, the Australian open ball. So kind of like how Wilson has the U S open ball. Dunlop has the Australian open. Um, and it's actually, um, from what we learned pretty similar to the, um, the Dunlop, uh, ATP ball, which is like their sort of like standard pro ball for the ATP. Um, it's just a slight bit difference in the construction of the felt and the, um, I think the core is pretty similar, but, uh, for the Australian Open, they wanted that particular ball with a slightly different felt. You know, they felt like it was the best ball for the for their surface and their tournament. But both really, really good balls between the Australian Open and the ATP very premium, and they're pretty similar in price. I think the difference on our site's like about five bucks for the case and the in the difference there. But either of those really nice premium balls, um, higher count of uh, natural uh, wool on the on the coat or the uh, felt there. And also going to be a woven, a woven construction ball. So. Nice. Really good balls there. The next step down for them, and this has kind of been a, a T-dub in-house favorite for many, many years, it was is the Dunlop Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a unique ball because it kind of sits at that like lower price point, which would be most uh, most likely similar to like the championship line of balls, which is usually kind of that slightly lower performance. Um, so it's kind of at that price point, but it plays like a premium ball. So mm-hmm. it's it's more similar to those, those premium balls. Like I mentioned the ATP in the Australian open, as far as being like more natural wool, having that woven construction and a really nice bounce to it. So Grand Prix definitely is one that we're familiar with and and used over the years. It's a, it's a good, uh, definitely a good bang for your buck. And, um, like I said, kind of has that championship ball price point, but plays more like a premium. And then uh, Dunlop also has their their championship ball, which on our website, it's a little confusing because it says Dunlop ATP championship. It's not the ATP ball. it just has the ATP label because their partnership with the tour, right. um, but it is a championship ball. So just think of that one has the Dunlop championship. Good price point um not going to be as premium performance as their high end stuff like the uh, Australian Open or the ATP ball itself um and that one's definitely going to be more of a blend of synthetic natural fiber and it's the the needle punch uh construction on that one so
1: good to know and i guess you've you've made it pretty clear this whole time but like that cha- that keyword championship is kind of like um, a trigger to like realize that it's going to be not as premium, probably needle punch, more synthetic fibers, not as durable. Correct.
0: Yes, yes. definitely. So for, you know, like gearheads out there that, you know, know their tennis strings, it would kind of be like that analogy of like the premium ball being like your premium multifilament mm-hmm. and your championship ball being more of like your traditional synthetic gut kind of thing.
1: That's a good um, way to explain it, I think. That will resonate, hopefully. Makes sense to me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, cool. Um, And then, yeah, Dunlop is... We're seeing them use a lot of those balls at several WTA and ATP tournaments. So, I mean, that's pretty awesome. And you know if they're using... The tennis balls for those tournaments they're probably good enough for us too
0: oh yeah Uh, i forget the exact tournaments they mentioned recently when we talked uh if they had the miami ball or something like that for the wta or i forget which tournament exact tournaments but they definitely had uh, quite a few masters on thousands in there and stuff so
1: yeah yeah moving right along let's let's talk about um some wilson tennis balls
0: Yep, wilson balls um
1: They've got a lot of options.
0: Yeah. And, and obviously, uh, kind of, you know, we have a whole podcast episode that's really unique into the Trinity ball because it definitely is different than the industry standard um, and really excited to try their new one when it comes out. Yeah. Uh, I believe it's called the Trinity Pro. Mm-hmm. But um, just starting with their t- more traditional pressurized ball, the full pressurized ball, I guess you could say, um, at the very top, very premium, they have the US Open. Um, been around for a really long time. Uh, I have a lot of history with that ball because that's kind of the, the main ball that we used, or at least at the junior college I played at. So our team used those every day for practice and matches, and our whole like junior college conference did. So uh, I really like that ball. It's it's a great premium uh ball lots of uh you you can tell when you hit those balls lots of natural wool fibers in there a really nice rubber core just a really consistent bounce and and very durable over time but the ball that kind of stuck stood out when we talked to wilson was the federer ball Yeah, and it's crazy because like (laughs) i've i know you've hit with them i've hit with them from time to time like when they first came out we got like a case to sample and whatnot that ball is legit. Like it's it's just, it's a, it's crazy. And it's not that in, in, in the actual construction, it's not all that different than the U S open, but they did work with Roger and he selected a, a certain type of the felt, you know, definitely a lot of natural wool. Um, He even got into the details of like altering the color of the fibers slightly more to, I guess maybe his, his visual or his eyes, the way he picks up the color. He liked that color a little bit more than the U S open. And the ball just, plays really good for really long like we hadn't had that sample case um i think it was over a year ago but sometimes when we go down to our to test on the TW court there'll still be some rf balls sitting in the the old cart of balls that we leave yeah and you'll pick them out from like 6 months ago and you're like <laughs> damn it, it looks old but like the ball still play, plays really well so yeah yeah yes it's a little uh expensive in price um, it comes in a really cool, nice, like uh, tin can instead of the typical plastic. But, those balls are legit. They're not just for like a collectibles item. I mean, you could definitely do that too, but
1: (laughs) yeah. Well, and it's also a four ball can, which is something a little different. And there's a note from Roger in there. Oh yeah. (laughs) No, it's, it's cool that everything he does put his name on He is, he has hands on. And like, like you said, we're like literally geeking out about this ball, but like, it's, it's cool to know that he helped make it. And if you've tried it, you know, it's a premium experience.
0: Yeah, so. it's crazy. It's not just like a like a collectibles item or like a gimmicky thing. It's yeah a, it's a sick ball. And although they just
1: like good. I do have a can on the side of my desk because I mean why not? <laughs> it does yeah. look nice too.
0: <laughs> I still have a can from like a year or two ago that I've stored at home and keep as a collectibles item on the shelf. But
1: nice.
0: Um yeah they play really well. So those are their their premium stuff. The US Open, the the RF legacy tennis ball. Um and then from there, um we have the championship line. So we have the Wilson champ, uh, regular duty, extra duty. We even have high altitude for those. Um, and I think the high altitudes recommended for like, I don't know exactly the number, but I want to say it's like 3,500 feet of elevation or more.
1: Sounds about right.
0: I know you mentioned when you were, in New Mexico, the area you yeah. we were at, you we played yeah. high altitude sometimes. We played
1: high altitude um, and uh, it's funny because if you talk to anyone or if you're someone that plays in high altitude, you know how much the ball really does fly. And so it is important to switch over to high altitude balls. And then anyone that's like traveling from sea level to high altitude, like just be ready for the ball to fly in that thin air.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Cause I even experienced that a little bit when we go to Indian Wells, because I don't know the exact elevation of where the tournament's at, but the ball does fly through that desert air, like that dry, that dry, thin air. Yeah, um, a little bit more. But the main thing with those those are not the pressureless, list, but high altitude, the yeah. high altitude is there is a lower a lower PSI inside the ball. They take some of that. They kind of suck some of the juice out of the ball with that pressure and give you a, like a little bit more of a deader ball. Right. I know we made a joke uh in a previous podcast but uh, I'm going to start using the high altitude balls when I play singles against Michelle so that <laughs> I can I can slow down the speed of the ball and and hopefully get less winners from her forehand and her backhand and
1: Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm going to switch them out because we heard the new Trinity Pro ball is going to be a little firmer and that sounds like it will be just perfect for me. <laughs>
0: no, we don't we don't need you with anything faster, Michelle.
1: Right. You already hit
0: a big enough ball um but yeah those are the the champ balls from uh Wilson and uh, those are going to be uh a higher concentration of synthetic versus the natural wool that you'll get from the premium stuff and also those are um a, the needle punch construction on the felt for those so
1: okay what else is there anything else about Wilson balls that we should add? well again check out the other podcast it's really yeah, interesting
0: a lot of information on Wilson a lot of one. information
1: okay let's switch over to pen balls. Yeah. Um and I think this is interesting and I feel weird that I like kind of just learned this, but I obviously know that Head and Pen are a connected brand. But I didn't realize that in the United States we sell pen balls, but in Europe they sell head balls.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Different. So,
1: a little bit of a different like if you're in Europe listening to this, this isn't necessarily the same access to tennis balls that you have because our markets are slightly different. So,
0: Yeah. So here in the States, it's definitely the pinball. Um, and with, uh, with the pin line, uh, they're ultra premium durable. It goes with the name is the pro pin marathon. Um, that's a great ball. Definitely my favorite of the, of the pin balls that we sell. Um, and definitely right up there as a good, a great ball that, you know, plays right up there with the other premiums on the market, I'd say with the U S open and, um, the Dunlop Australian or um, their ATP definitely a good premium uh, ball there but one thing i noticed with those is i do like the uh, color of the felt it's a really a really bright pop on that pro pin so it really sticks out gives you that that really optic yellow color and um just the way the felt's designed uh premium ball great core very consistent over time so those are great and then just a step down from that they have the pin tour ball which i believe is pretty much a lineage or a carry on from what used to be called the pin ATP ball. But since the ATP, you know, switch partnerships over to Dunlop, uh, I think they just reconfigured the name to the pin tour. But for those out there that were pin ATP fans, that pin tour should be pretty much the same ball and uh, a great one to go with Um, about $10 cheaper than the pro pin, but still a great premium uh, woven felt ball there. And then the ball that, uh probably is one of the uh, I don't know, it's gotta be like the best seller most known in at least in the US is the the pin championship. I mean, everybody kind of knows that ball. It's yeah, like been around forever. Probably the most common ball you'll see in most most leagues and most uh and I mean some of some of the tournaments, they use that ball, but uh just a really good consistent, even though it is the championship ball. And typically those have a little bit more, you know, synthetic fibers than woven and usually the needle punch felt, mm-hmm. um, it's just a very consistent, valuable bowl. So for those looking for that good value, that's a great choice, but you know, for a little bit more, I definitely think it's worth the investment to go up to the tour or the pro pin marathon.
1: Yeah. I feel like I'm like the past couple of weeks, normally we have like cases of balls, but we went through our case and I've been using a lot of that to our ball and I really like it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Would you say it plays a little quicker or a little slower or the felt's a little fluffier after it wears or what do you think about it?
1: I felt like it had a pretty consistent wear. It didn't get too fluffy or it hasn't gotten too fluffy for me. I mean, based on playing indoors and pretty low key, um, cool temperatures, nothing too humid. Um, It does maybe feel slightly faster and maybe that's why I like it, Mm -hmm. but there's another ball that we're going to talk about that like, it kind of felt comparable to that, but maybe like a little softer impact. So like the felt felt really comfortable on the string bed.
0: You talk about the, you're still talking about the pin tour, right?
1: Yes. Yes. yes, Yes.
0: And that's where that, yes. And that's where that, that you really, I think a lot of people, if they are, to test the variety of balls and the differences between the cheaper ones and the premium, you really start to get that feel off the string with the, with the nice thick, mostly natural wool woven felt. You really right. can, you can feel that kind of cushion on impact and it just creates a better, a better uh, experience. Or like I'm thinking of like a, a an old uh, Babolat video. I watched talking about something and the, the, the French say the pleasure, <laughs> the pleasure of the contact, you know, it's, it's really what, what you notice. Yeah
1: nice okay i think we have one more brand to hit and it's this one's a quick one because they're new to the united states market as far as tennis balls so technofiber
0: yeah um the one technofiber ball that we carry uh the technofiber court um definitely a premium ball uh nice uh high content of of natural wool i think in my notes uh yeah it's about it's about uh, 50 percent wool yeah. I was
1: going to say also like technofibers made such a great name for themselves over the cu- past couple of years, like really showing their French like heritage and like how much attention to detail they they pay. And it it was clear just talking to the people at technofiber about their mm-hmm. tennis balls that they put a lot of um, a lot of attention to detail in them. And you can tell when you hit it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I was surprised and I know we've been testing the ball ever since we got it. And uh, yeah, that court ball, even though, you know, you look at our website and, you know, pin has a bunch of balls. Wilson has a bunch Dunlop and you see technofiber there with just one, one type, one case on our website. It, you know, you might think, Oh, they only have one case. They might not, mm-hmm. you know, maybe no, maybe they don't know what they're doing with the balls, but no, it's, it's a legit ball. I would say ever since we started using that one, it's probably like a Tita play tester favorite right now. I was going to say that, just saying <laughs> that to hype technofiber, but it, it, it's a, it's a good ball. You, no, I mean, it's you, true. You've spent more time on it with than I have, but what was your experience with it?
1: No, a hundred percent. It's becoming a a very popular ball amongst the play testers. And I think like consistently from can to can, every time we're experiencing the same experience. So it's firm, but like it, it, that's the one that I was speaking about that. It does feel a little bit faster to me, but I'm okay with that. But like at impact, it's nice and comfortable, consistent wear. it seems to be quite durable also Mm -hmm. so like not experience any fluffed up feel after an hour of bashing but um yeah i know we all are kind of enjoying it and like one of the big things that i Remember when they released into the market is that they've partnered with the SCTA, which is Southern Cal Tennis Association, yeah. and like the SCTA is a bunch of very particular players. So
0: <laughs> yeah, because you grew up, you grew up one of them, huh, Michelle.
1: A hundred percent. So we are very particular about our balls.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: um, and I'm glad to see even another option, even though it makes it hard for you guys maybe to decide which which balls to try the technofiber ones are definitely ones to give a test drive with.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think it's worth a try. It's, you know, it's kind of at that premium price point, but I think it's very competitive with with those other balls on the market that are the similar price. And then just a little side bonus. I don't know how long uh, the promotion is going to go for, but like right now with the technofiber balls, you get uh, free shipping on a case. So no ground shipping fee. Um, that's also with Dunlop balls too right now. So Dunlop and technofiber, that's a pretty good, pretty good incentive for most people because the, the ground shipping is kind of a, a deal buster sometimes if you, you know, can find them in, a, in an actual brick and mortar or whatnot. So
1: with That's that free awesome. shipping.
0: It's, it's great.
1: Yeah. I, bye now. <laughs> we'll yeah. add links. We'll add links to the show notes. So we will make it easy. We kind of wanted to just like hit a tiny, tiny bit. We didn't really like take a deep dive into this, into some of the junior ball options and like what makes those different. If you're just starting out, if you're a parent or a coach or whatnot, the junior balls are so cool because They're softer, they're bigger, they're easier. Like it just makes the learning experience so much better. Um, Everything from like green dot, red dot, orange dot, which like indicates different firmness of the balls. And then also the foam balls, which I think are such a cool teaching tool because literally like no one's going to get hurt with those. So do you have anything to say about the junior ball options?
0: Yeah. I think it's just a great thing that ever since they started the, the junior, the quick kinda, start, the quick start. Yeah. And yeah. different sizes of the court and basically like kind of training wheels for kids with, with the balls It's kind of like basically starting them off with a big kind of slow foam ball as they're young. And as they progress through the ages and the levels it basically just guides them smaller and smaller and more similar to a regular felt ball exactly until they're ready to go to the, the full size court and start playing with the big, the big boys, the big girls. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Well, and we even know players that use some of those balls as training tools.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Especially during late uh, last year, during uh, Quarantine. One of the one of the videos, uh, I was you know playing indoor tennis, or you know trying to give kids and people that want to train. I was using those uh, junior foam, the really big foam ones with the junior racket, and trying to give people some incentive to play inside, you know, it, without maybe, maybe, breaking
1: anything. <laughs> yeah. Not
0: like the the players in the uh, the hotels at the Australian open this year and they're hitting <laughs> against the glass and making all kinds of ruckus.
1: Oh my gosh. That was wild. Okay. So let's wrap it up. And basically one final question, like what is the biggest reason or why should I invest in a premium tennis ball. Like we did cover this at the beginning, but I feel like it's like good to reiterate what we learned and, um, why we think that it's important to be knowledgeable about your balls.
0: Yeah. I mean, the, the one thing that's kind of stupid that came to my mind after we were, we did one of the previous podcasts, but like kind of that saying that's going around on social media or whatever, like, you know, just treat yourself or treat yourself, <laughs> you know, really it, it, it's really not that much more of an investment when you look at the premium ball versus the champ ball versus anything that's even cheaper than that i mean if you like break down say like a $90 89 95 case uh, by 24 cans you're paying about 375 a can and say you go down to uh $69 like a $70 case that comes out to like almost three dollars a can, like two ninety or whatever, and then you go even lower to like fifty nine ninety five. It's like two fifty, so it's really like marginal. You're talking like a little over a dollar to maybe less than a dollar to really go from that like mid range or championship ball to you know your ultra premium. And I think it's definitely worth it um, in the experience, uh, especially like I mentioned in, in the opening of the podcast, you know. For us recreational players that are, you know, getting an hour or two of our quality time, our family time, our busy lives to just really get out there and do what we love and hit the ball back and forth or play a set or play with your buddies on the weekend, some dubs. That amount of time you spend on the court, just get the better ball, you know, just just spend the extra buck. Um, Nowadays, there's so much access, whether it's buying the case from us. And like I said, a couple brands are even doing free shipping right now. Um or we we now even a lot of these brands we sell individual cans you know so if you're buying you know your your gear you're you're getting a racket or you're getting you know some new pair of shoes, we can throw a couple cans in there with that package, two or three cans and in the premium balls on the site per can is like a fifty cent difference uh from like you know your ultra premium to your lower price point, so I think really it just comes down to that that feel on court, the pleasure of hitting that premium ball and just the consistent bounce. Like I said, you know, there's so many other factors that are going on from our rackets or string tension to mm-hmm. the wind, to the sun, to uh, you know, a dog barking in the back, you know, all these crazy factors that could be with a, a given tennis session, you know, or whatnot. And it's like, just treat yourself and just get the, the premium ball, enjoy your time on court and have fun, you know?
1: Totally. Yeah. Makes complete sense. And uh, yeah, it will be a much more pleasurable experience, hopefully. So hopefully that helps educate you guys because we've learned so much through this process. And I feel like Troy is now the resident tennis ball expert. So I will be no, all I will, questions. I wouldn't that.
0: say that. I just say <laughs> that uh, we had uh, really good help from the vendors and, you know, me and you while we got to interview people and we just absorbed. You know, that's yeah, all it is, so
1: yeah, shout outs to Dunlop, Technofiber, Wilson, and Head Pen. They all were super helpful and really took the time to make sure that we could learn and become better, have more knowledge on this subject so we could help you guys be able to learn and have more knowledge on this subject.
0: And it's like, it's like what I'm thinking right now, talking about like the main difference with the felts, you know, is like the, when we talk to Dunlop or whatever, it's like, get that nice premium handmade rug, you know, <laughs> that premium ball. Don't go get that cheap industrial carpet crap, you know, uh, that you get with a really cheap can of balls. Or when you're at, you know, uh, like a convenience store and you see right. a, a $1.50 can or $2 can, it's like, that stuff's junk, man. Just like leave that for the dogs or the, <laughs> the walkers or the will, you know.
1: Well, totally. And like that kept coming up in all of our conversations where it was like, okay, we're, we're working so hard to like, make sure that our racket and strings and grip is so nice and ready to go and restrung and the perfect tension. And like, why would you, why would you just like crap out on the other thing that you can control, which is tennis balls?
0: Like, yeah, the thing that's actually making the contact with the racket, you know, thousands of times in a session or whatever, you know, it's like,
1: yeah. And also, like, when you show up to the courts and you're opening a nice can of balls, you're that person that brought the good balls. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, be that person. That's what I said, I think, on one of our chats. I was like, don't be the person that's, like, opening, like, the championship balls yeah. for a match, for a match. Yeah. Yeah bring the good balls
0: yeah if you really want to stunt man you just get out there and you crack open that fresh can of the the roger Federer, the, yeah. the, the legacy ball man and you're like oh dang this guy right here But this girl right here
1: right i could just see it now like they're wearing the rf hat they've got maybe unique
0: <laughs> oh yeah
1: <laughs> they've got the their RF RF
0: bag
1: mm-hmm. yeah know,
0: the wristbands on maybe the head tie ready to go right totally And just start, just crack open the Roger balls and start ripping one handers, you know?
1: I wish. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to wrap it up here because as I continue to say through this project, I am shocked at how much we can talk about tennis balls, (laughs) Um, but that's a solid amount of information. And if you guys have any questions, like any questions whatsoever on tennis balls or anything tennis related, feel free to reach out. You can always email us at podcast at tennis-warehouse.com. Troy, any last words?
0: Hey, man, just... Just in, treat yourself and get get the good stuff. Play with the good stuff when we're talking about balls. So
1: treat yourself. New balls, yep. please. Yep. <laughs> okay. Go get some new balls and happy hitting. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you download your episodes. And be sure to visit our websites for all of the tennis deals at tenniswarehouse.com, com, and tennisonly.com.au. Hope you enjoyed this episode and until next time, happy hitting.